Welcome to this week's episode of Soccer Neophytes Podcast. Andrew, our neophyte, is going to focus on Chelsea, and we're going to talk week one overreactions. Gentlemen, how goes it? Doing great, pal. What's going on, Nate? Andrew, I would say you uh, most aggressively uh, watched soccer more than than any neophyte we've had, I think, this yeah, week. I, did I send too many texts this weekend or no? No, I, but like that includes ourselves on our first season where we were trying to watch one match. <laughs> That's right. You're only trying to watch one? What do you guys do at 5 a.m.? That's Usually true. sleep. Oh. Yeah, I'm, I'm weird like that. Got it. Yeah, no, I try. I think I watched at least six matches. That's... I had a good time. Football hasn't started. I'm, I'm sorry. American football hasn't started yet for me. So my weekends are free. Um, and uh, I do enjoy a good competition. I will say this. I really need to choose a team quick because watching sports where I don't care who wins and I'm just trying to learn is not how my brain works. I I'm having a hard time caring about certain teams if I don't have a rooting interest. Well, the nice thing is you're already starting to to find some teams that you don't like. And so you can, you can start like rooting against teams, but you got, you got it just a, a short, like nine months away, which is, which is short in the, in the grand sense of your lifetime, but. Yeah. It doesn't help that I chose the most boring match of the weekend to like make my primary match. The one that I focused on and took notes on Chelsea Everton was awful. Yeah. Was terrible. I know that I know we're going to get into it more in a minute. No, let's do it right now. Okay. Um, why would anybody root for any of these teams? <laughs> Which is funny because two seasons ago, Kyle was very close to choosing Everton. And uh, there's a there's a, a podcast, Men in Blazers, and one of the and the television show. They got a whole bunch of stuff going on. And one of their uh, hosts is a huge Everton fan. So you could you could just follow them and you'll you'll hear all of the reasons not to choose Everton. They are a miserable club right now. Yeah, no, they're gonna they're gonna come in twentieth, and <laughs> I am not rooting for Everton. Uh, we're already if you uh, do we have a list? Who's in charge of keeping track of the list? You are. Oh, okay. I'm in charge of my own. I'm in charge of my own yeah, list. Yeah, yeah. This is guys. Come on, help help me out here. I'm the new guy. Yeah, no, Everton has already been crossed off. Chelsea is close to being crossed off. <laughs> Chelsea is very good defensively, which who doesn't love watching defense? Oh, wait, not me. Um, that was just like cry yourself to tears boring. Nobody like it was like everybody knew how to block a punch, but couldn't. They're like the Floyd Mayweather of. <laughs> Uh, of, of soccer, right? It's like you can't hit them, but they're not going to hit you. Who cares? You're not afraid of them. Like, if I ever got into a fight with Floyd Mayweather, no offense, Floyd, I'm not looking to fight you, but I mean, I'm bigger than him, and I know that I could never lay a hand on him, 
But even if he does hit me, it's not going to hurt. That's that's <laughs> that makes me want to see this happen. I think you want to see Floyd Mayweather punch me in the face. Just a little bit. Uh, I mean, I kind of want to see it, too, just so I can feel like what a bee stings my chin feels like. You know, he's only what, like five, seven, 140 pounds. I'm not worried. Like, I couldn't lay a hand on Floyd Mayweather. I just want to emphasize that in a fight. He would wear me out. I would be exhausted. It's like Chelsea. Yeah, I don't I, think he would fight you like he fights uh, his opponents. Is my guess, but I, I get your like, I get your point. That guy, I get your point. Yeah, no, <laughs> watching Chelsea. I mean, don't get me wrong. Floyd Mayweather is a very good boxer. I don't enjoy watching his fights that much. Totally agree. So Chelsea is the Floyd Mayweather. I feel like Ted Lasso right now when he was listing all the different ways to remember the different teams. You know. When he's like, oh, they're, they're old and they haven't been good in a while. Oh, that's Arsenal. You know, it's, you know, when he's trying to create mnemonic devices. Yeah. Chelsea is Floyd Mayweather in my head. They will not um, ever hurt me, but they will wear me down. So, yeah, I'm not going to root for Chelsea ever. That's amazing. Was there anything redemptive, anything redemptive from the match? I was impressed to a certain extent with how well they stopped. I mean, again, I realize Everton sucks, (laughs) but they just, like, Everton never got anything going. Chelsea, like, prevented, like, in the sense that I think, hold on, I'd have to pull up the notes, but I think, you know, Chelsea had possession 70% plus of the time, more than two-thirds, which the fact that they only scored 62%. 62 it was only 62 i thought it was higher for a while it probably probably went up at the end when they were just playing like uh uh, like um prevent prevent defense right yeah um at one point i'm pretty sure it was 70 30 simply because um everton sucks so much but if everton sucks that much and chelsea still can only score one goal and it wasn't even close it wasn't even like they were like really do it was just uncomfortable i didn't enjoy a second of the match how about when uh christian pulisic came on did you notice it were you interested in watching one of our own uh i did actually i i watched him and that was um i i don't care if i'm i uh, maybe i'm the the odd man out i don't care about americans in the premier league i mean i just want to watch the best players do the best stuff you know what i mean so the fact that he's American, fine, great. I don't like Luka Doncic, but I like that there's Europeans in basketball. I don't like him because he's a flopping idiot, and I hate Luka Doncic. But, I mean, it's good to have a foreign, diverse mix. I agree. So having Americans in the Premier League, sure, fine, whatever. It's not huge on my list. Um, who was who scored Chelsea's only goal? It was uh, the Italian guy. Jorginho. Uh, yeah. On a and, can I do say, I do want to say one thing about this. Giorgino scored the easiest goal I've ever seen in my life. It was so embarrassing for the ever to, listen, I am not a professional goalkeeper. I realize it's hard. I realize you have to watch their eyes and watch their body language and see where they're going. And are they faking me out, pretending like they're going to kick it right? And then they're actually going left. Giorgino kicked the easiest penalty kick I've ever seen in my life. He barely tapped it. Like he went so hard on the juke right and it went left, but it was the softest touch I've ever seen. 
I'm embarrassed for the Everton goalkeeper. I, I got to be honest. Is that is that fair? I'm not a I'm not a Premier League announcer, and those guys are cruel, terrible, mean human beings. And we'll come back to this later when we talk about a different game. But man, were they roasting the goalkeeper? Oh, I enjoyed every second of that. That was the most enjoyable part of the uh, Everton Chelsea match. Yeah, their their keeper is uh, Jordan Pickford, and I am also not a fan. Where do you Jordan stand Pickford on Pickford? Isn't an American? No, Jordan Pickford is actually like the number one goalkeeper for England. He's is he their, really? He's the English national team keeper. He got juked out so hard. How old is he? I don't know. Twenties, probably. Jordan Pickford sounds like a Mormon from Utah. I just want to say that. How is he not an American? He's not. Jordan Pickford? Yeah. Have you heard? We might have to cut this part. Have you heard of the Reggie Cleveland All-Stars? <laughs> have you heard of this, Chris? Uh... It's something Bill Simmons did in like 2004. <laughs> Bill Simmons, he was talking about a story about how growing up, he used to listen to baseball on the radio. He never watched certain games because they weren't on TV, but he always liked this player on the angels called Reggie Cleveland. He was 36 when he saw Reggie Cleveland on TV and he was stunned to learn that Reggie Cleveland was a white guy. So he created the Reggie Cleveland all-stars, which is the list of athletes whose names do not sound like what they look like. That's funny. Jordan Pickford sounds like a very, very American white guy from Utah or Wyoming. Well, then I don't think he's making that all-star team because Jordan Pickford looks just like you think Jordan Pickford. (laughs) Well, I'm saying in terms of not, not, I mean, I imagine Jordan Pickford looks exactly what I think he looks like. He looks like a good old Mormon boy from Utah. He was not an American. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Jordan. Yeah. Jordan Pickford, he, he's got a sister named Kaylee, and it's spelled L-E-I-G-H, you know. <laughs> totally. <laughs> he's got 13 other uh, younger brothers and sisters, and they all go to Temple. That's all. But, Andrew, so, so no, nothing impressed you with Everton or Chelsea. Chelsea is likely on their way out. Everton's already on their way out, which I don't, don't blame you for. Um, they were all old too. Everybody on Chelsea was like the old, it was the oldest club. I think I looked it up. Uh, Chelsea's one of the oldest clubs in terms of starters in the league. Interesting. I didn't realize that. That's good. That's good info. There was an article about the aging Chelsea club and how it's already uh, causing concern for the, the supporters. I read an article. Nice. Yeah. So I watched, I watched matches and I read an article. Well done. Well done. So you, we, we, have a, we have this little segment, Knowing is Half the Battle. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. Where if there's phrases or concepts or things, like there will be things that you'll see that you'll be like, wait, how's that not offsides? Or why, oh, is, why oh, are they doing uh, this? Holland was definitely offsides at least once on one of his goals in my head. I, I saw him and I was like, I'm pretty sure he was offside for the second goal. But I don't know enough to say it, but 
it looked like he was offside for the second goal. If you want to watch the replay, well, we'll we'll get into some of that later on. But you had a phrase, but it's not from from football this weekend. Where is it from? It's from one of my favorite British comedy shows called The IT Crowd or The It Crowd, depending on if you're one of those people. It's uh, uh, Richard Ayude and uh, what's his name from Bridesmaids, um, and a bunch of people. And they're both just, you know, IT tech nerds. So that speaks to me because I've been in the tech industry for too long. uh, And I know too many people like them. And uh, they're very English. I'm sorry, one of them is Irish. Um, Anyway, they're British, we'll say. And they're both nerdy and they don't watch football. So one of them has this website that he goes to that (laughs) teaches him the slang so he can talk to his friends. Or not his friends, just people he works with. He's just trying to fit in because he doesn't care about football at all. And it's one of my favorite scenes ever. He talks to like this, like this uh, mailman and he's like, Hey, uh, they, uh, uh, what a laugh they showed us this week. Yeah. The problem with Wenger is he always tries to walk it in, you know, and it's just teaching him phrases to learn. And again, all the phrases that I heard this week, I kind of figured them out. You know, I, I speak English. And I, I understand sports enough to, to figure out like what they're trying to say, even if it's not the terms I would use. But I've heard that phrase. The problem with Wanger is he's always trying to walk it in. And I assume it is. I assume it means that he's trying to um, set up a play to score a goal, like without considering necessarily the, the situation. Like he has, it's like following a script. Is that what that means? Walk it in? No, it's, it's a bit more that he wants to play so technically. Yeah. He wants them to pass it so many times and so technically that essentially they're so good that when they pass it, the final pass is on the goal line and he's 100%. able to walk it in. So That's pretty, exactly cl- pretty close thought, to what you're, yeah, right? pretty yeah, close. You're so through, you know, you got to go step A, step B, step C, pass one, pass two, pass three, et cetera. Um, I didn't see any of that. Well, I saw a little ad from Chelsea where they kept trying to set everything up and it just kept falling apart because Everton, despite their lousiness on offense, they were also reasonably good at defending all these passes. So it made me think of that a lot, that Chelsea kept just trying to set things up and they didn't accomplish anything. They were, by the way, the, <laughs> the one penalty that they got, the penalty kick that Giorgino got, um, it was only after it was either two or three blatant, like they were bear hugging uh, Chelsea. They were just grabbing them, hugging them, throwing them to the ground. They didn't call like the first one. I don't think they called the second one. The third one they called that was Giorgino on the, uh, on the penalty kick. Well, and I think that's one of the big misconceptions with soccer is it, it doesn't, I think if you don't watch it, you don't realize how physical of a sport it is. But there is so much physicality happening. There's so much. Yeah. Just you know Everton reminded me of though during those like crappy, like grab you and throw you to the ground and then look surprised when they throw when they finally blow a whistle. They reminded me of the San Antonio Spurs from 2008. Mm-hmm. It was a Bruce Bowen, Robert Ori, Tim Duncan with his bug eyes, always looking like shocked when somebody blew a whistle. Everton was I'm not going to say they were dirty, but they were definitely like grabbing you and waiting for the rest to do something about it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, while, while Chelsea was what, trying to walk it in. Go ahead, Chris. Sorry. No, I was going to say, and poor Raheem Sterling is now a meme after one of the takedowns where I think either Mina or Tarkowski kind of like pushed him down from behind and he ends up landing on the ball and the ball is like in his crotch and he's like down on all fours and there's guys all around him. Let's just say the internet has not been kind to that picture. No, that's been all over the place. I just got to say, God bless the internet for really, really meeting all my expectations sometimes. Like as soon as I saw that picture, I'm like, Oh, that's going to be gold. Yeah, and they nailed it. They they, they really they did not. Uh, they they met my expectations. I'm really I'm really proud proud to be a, a a citizen of the internet. Well, there were other matches, and maybe all of them more exciting than that one. Andy, we're not going to talk. <laughs> we're not going to talk about all of the matches, but I wanted to just get some thoughts. Uh, you watched a lot, Andrew, so that's good. You'll be able to chime in here, Chris. Uh, Give us what are some early season first week one overreactions? How are you feeling? Um, man, overreactions. Fulham will avoid relegation. Uh, they drew with Liverpool 2 2. Um, overreaction. Fulham stays up, Liverpool goes down. No, come on. <laughs> overreaction. Is, He's that's an overreaction. Crystal Palace is going down if we're overreacting. <laughs> now, obviously, I'm joking about that. Um, let's see here. We could overreact to Bournemouth. Yeah. We <laughs> could easily overreact. Wait, wait, let's not skip off that. Hold up. Okay. Bournemouth, who was 20th on four out of four of your uh, preseason rankings. Yep. Bournemouth has three points now, don't they? They do. They have three and- more than both of our clubs. Yes. Yeah. I still think they're going to get 20th. Right. And, I mean, currently they're second. They're in second place right now. They're yeah, they're charged with Arsenal for second place. And man, and City. Yes. This will be the only time they're tied with City all year. That's true. That. Yeah, so we get over to react to that if we want. But at, um, dude, they walloped Aston. I mean, granted, Bournemouth was home. Does that's that a surprise. I mean, I think a lot of a lot of people had Aston Villa a lot higher, um, which Aston Villa is one of Wolves' rivals, and so if Wolves are going to lose, it was nice to see uh, Aston Villa get spanked by Bournemouth. So Bournemouth scored within the first three minutes. I just want to point that out. Yeah. 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 Uh, we could overreact to Manchester United. <laughs> you can. Are, are you are you overreacting, Chris? How do you feel? Um, well, you were I, very high on them. That was your that was your uh, uh, my hot take. Your hot take, right? Is was that, that they United would, be, would finish higher than we thought? Right, which they still can. Um. I, I so I think for the most part I've kind of shown that I'm pretty even keel as a fan nowadays. Um, don't get too high, don't get too low. That first 45 minutes looked exactly like the team that played last year. Yeah, that's got to be hard to watch. And the team that played the last 45 minutes looked like a different club, looked much more inspired. And so 
with the transfer window still being open, this still could be a very different team. There is zero question <laughs> that Fred is not capable of being a starter at this level. Scott McTominay is not capable of being a starter at this level. And you can't run a midfield with two guys who are not of any quality. The reason the game shifted even a little bit and United got a goal was that Fred and McTominay eventually both sat down. They moved Erickson back to the midfield, brought in Ronaldo, and it was a much more cohesive unit that played better on the ball. Their other hole is at right back. Um, Diego Dallo is just not good. And I don't know why he's playing over Aaron Juan Basaka. Like I know Juan Basaka doesn't score and he's not the most offensively gifted player, but he's one of the best defenders in the world. And Dallow is bad at both. So why would you not want to be good at at least one half of a job as opposed to having just an all around terrible player out there all the time. So those are the frustrating sp spots of, of United. The first half was just completely and totally uninspiring. Didn't look like they were playing for any reason, for their crest, for their new manager, anything like that. Uh, second half was much better. But um, Brighton's one of those teams that United has struggled with over the last couple of years as well. So I wasn't totally surprised. There's a reason I didn't pick them for my best bet. Um, but they got some work to do. And I think if they can seal the Frankie de Jong uh, deal, then that changes the outlook, I think. Um, but they need two midfielders, and they need a right back if they're not going to play Juan Basaka. Yeah. Andrew? Uh, Chris, do you have any comments on Ronaldo for United? Um, he's such a polarizing figure. It's so hard to really figure out. I'm kind of leaning towards if someone doesn't want to be there, let them go, especially someone of that nature who – can cause so many problems so but if he wants to play and he wants to stay then he needs to play like they the whole preseason they've been starting anthony martial up front and then he hurt his knee in training this week so he didn't play so instead of starting ronaldo he ten hag put erickson up front and let mcfred start and it was a just a disaster a total disaster like andrew i think you were up watching the match but Fred is number 17 with, I mean, seems like one of the most lovable guys in the world. And he's just not a solid Premier League soccer player. Which is interesting because he starts for Brazil. <laughs> like the number one, one of the number like top countries in the world. So there's something, there's something about whether it's the system or I don't know what it is about Fred on United, but uh, yeah. He's a liability. Yeah, Wayne Rooney came out and said that United should have let him leave. Yeah. Just within the last couple hours. Yeah, I saw that. And again, if he wants to go, that's not a like he is someone that you can't have as an upset figure in a young new managerial locker room. Like no. you just can't have it. It's not worth it. The distraction, potentially what he could be saying to these other guys. It's just not worth having. So if he wants to be there, they should keep him. But if he really does want to go, let him go. Part of the and problem, though, is is he wants to go to a Champions League club because he's chasing Messi's goal like record, and there haven't been a lot of offers according to reports. So there's that, been zero. That's, yeah. So that's that's the problem too. Is it's not just about letting him go. Is it seems like his his 
list is narrow. And out of that list, no one's coming for him. So it's a real interesting predicament. Maybe they could pick him up at Norwich. Why does he want to go to a champion league club? Do the number of goals not count or does it, do they not discriminate between premier or champion or whatever? It's just the number of goals. Yeah. So if I were to go join a little league team right now and start just ripping home runs, then Mark McGuire and Barry Bonds would be embarrassed by my new record. No, because it's little league champions. (laughs) But it's just because what I'm saying, league, though, if I'm playing like a weak ass league and no champion, not championship, you're getting this confused, oh. not championship champions league, which we'll, we'll have to spend more time talking about no, it's champ- the league down below the premier league. That's championship. Oh, champions league is the league of all the champions of the European leagues play against each other in a cup that takes place amidst the premier league season oh, we'll spend more time to- we'll about sp- soccer gotcha. i know <laughs> that's why you're we'll here spend- that's why you're here we'll take more time talking about it later but let's just say it's the most prestigious like tournament that takes place amidst the premier league season and oh, it is that's complicated the one that was on ted lasso last season when uh, they had just a bunch of different no no, we'll get there. We'll get okay. it's going to take too long, but we will get there. So just know God, it's very important eventually. and it matters. It matters. I'm feeling like this podcast is accurately named all of a sudden. <laughs> you came in hot. Yeah. It's slowing it down a little bit. Hold on. I, I came in hot, like hoping to learn. And then I thought I knew a little something and I jumped the gun a little bit. No, you're, you're good. You know, you know a lot, but there is, there's so much dynamic to it. And so that's what we're here for. My, my uh, overreaction, which has cooled in the last 12 hours, but I had said if wolves, wolves are two injuries away from relegation and two signings away from top six, well, that was including the Raul Jimenez injury. And then I wake up on Saturday morning to see that Jao Moutinho didn't travel with the team and was out. And so I thought, all right, there it is. Let's, let's get relegated, which is interesting because the match wolves looked great. Like their starting 11 is so good. Their bench is made up of two first, like slowly fading first teamers. And then a whole bunch of under 23 guys who have no business like being on the bench. And the problem with that match is wolves lost two one to Leeds. They were, if they made a couple changes, a couple subs, I think they would have won that match. They just had no one to sub. So we made one sub. You're now allowed five subs. That's a new rule, Andrew. Last year it was three. And for previous years, it's been three subs. I did know that. You're now allowed to have five subs. This was the first match where you could do it. And I didn't see the final list, but uh, after yesterday's matches, there's a list of all the clubs and the subs they made and every team had made at least three and up to five wolves made one sub in that match. And I think that was Bruno Lodge, like making a point to the owners, like my team's going to break because I can't, I legitimately have no options to put anyone in. So, so my overreaction is that they would get relegated. The difference is, Today was an insane day. We signed for 32 million uh, a guy named Guedes. He's Portuguese, of course, which is a joke you'll learn more about, Andrew, as we go on. Brazil? 
no, he's por- he's Portuguese. Oh. Uh, he played for Valencia, scored 11 goals, six assists last year. Um, it's a brilliant signing. Like it's, it's a really top notch signing $32 million for a team of wolves size to spend that much money is quite a bit of money. And it's a, it's a really good signing for them. Um, the other two interesting things that happened is wolves have continued to reject bids for Morgan Gibbs white from Nottingham forest. It started at 30. They rejected it. They went to 35. They rejected it. And apparently today, Nottingham Forest offered $40 million for an unproven. He he had a brilliant season in the championship last year on loan, but has never done anything at the Premier League level. So there's rumors that at the $40 million price tag, Wolves will have to sell him, like that they can't say no to that because it's super overvalued. So that's interesting. Um, and we'll see what they do. I'm okay with it if they reinvest the money. So if they bring someone else in, I'm okay with them selling it for 40. But if they don't, then it's a waste because we still need players. Hey, before I get to my hot takes, can I just comment on the fact that uh, I don't think Nottingham Forest has a sponsor yet. There wasn't a sponsor on their kits this yeah, weekend. That's fascinating. Um, which was amazing because their kits looked so good. <laughs> so good. They were, they were so clean. Oh, I do want to say, say one last I do want to say one last thing about Wolves because it's probably the biggest news and that is that Wolves are loaning Connor Cody who's been their captain for like the last 5 or 6 years. They're loaning him out to Everton. Um with an option to buy that's like almost an obligation to buy. We're, we're throwing out a lot of terms, Andrew, that we're going to have to go back to later and kind of uh-huh. walk through some of the details of it all. Uh-huh. But um, it's a, it's a huge deal for wolves because he's been their captain. He's like a great leader. He plays on the, the England men's national team, but He's really only good in a back three and wolves have made a switch to a back four. He didn't start and didn't play. And because it's a world cup year, he's made kind of the, it it kind of feels like wolves are doing him a solid by saying, we're going to, we're going to loan you out so you can get playing time. But, uh, but I hate the loan. They need to sell them. They don't get any money coming in. It's a weird, it's a really weird, it's some of the stuff that pisses me off about the people who run wolves. I don't, it's a really dumb decision, but those are huge things that just came through today. So hot take was that wolves should be relegated. We'll still see what happens. This greatest thing changes it quite a bit, but they still need to bring a few people in. Um, I have a question for terminology. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, knowing is half the battle. Sorry. Um, So if you and I were to talk about the Phoenix Suns or the San Antonio Spurs, you'll notice we put an article in front of it. You just say wolves. You don't say the wolves. You no, just say wolves. That was, that's good ears. That, that's really it. solid. Like, it's kind of like, okay, here's the thing. I'm from the East Coast. And when I go back East, all my friends make fun of me for calling it the I-10 or the I-5. England, you don't say the wolves you just say wolves just wolves okay i do have a hot take but i do want to ask your question uh, ask you a question real quick nate okay i want to premise this by saying that i really like wolves 
kits um, online. What did you think of their home uh, kits this weekend? They look almost exactly like they do every year. So I thought they looked great. And like, that's their colors. So Chris, you want to weigh in on the quality of the, of Wolves kits this weekend? Cause I did not care for them. Yeah. I, uh, <clears throat> the yellow and black, it just, even yellow and black always just, goes good together. I didn't I'm like used it. to it. They look like how they always look. It's not so, yellow either. Andrew, it's, what old, is it? it's old gold, old gold. Old is gold. It, is it trademarked? It's probably trademarked, but it's actually a huge like debate among Wolves fans. There's like a color that is so specific that if the kit isn't it, which they would argue that this isn't old gold, they like throw a fit. So I'm not one of those. I can tell the difference, but uh, I don't care. It's close enough. So if you bought one of those ripoff um, fake uh, replica ones, it would probably be off slightly in hue. Well, that's what I'm saying. This kit already, they would argue, is not the true old gold. Oh, and no so, kidding. So, it like looks like the tr- it. so the true fans, and what's funny is actually when it when they sweat in it, it makes it darker and it makes it look closer to the old gold. So I've heard people say it takes a while for it to look like the true color. So this is way too much detail about No, wolves. this is exactly what I was looking for in this conversation. <laughs> All right, All right give us you, give us your give us your hot take. My hot take is uh, Tottenham and City are going to finish 1-2. I haven't decided which order yet. Mm. Um, I realized that Tottenham was not going up against the, the d- most difficult of opponents, but they also didn't start any of their new guys on purpose um, to make them earn their spots. And um, they absolutely kicked the ever-living hell out of them. I was, um, that was the most entertaining match I watched um, all weekend. I couldn't, I, I think I've watched it on replay twice. I really enjoyed watching it um, because Tottenham was, God, they're fun. They really push, don't they? They don't mess around. Tottenham, wait, hold on. What's the stereotype? Are there, <coughs> excuse me. Are there stereotypes for different teams in the way that I assume there are? Yes, like we're going to get to it. When we, when we talk about the team you're going to focus on this week, we'll, we will give you some stereotypes. Okay, because right now I'm going to focus on Tottenham, and some of my friends are already joking with me like, oh, you seem like a Tottenham fan, and I don't know enough about Tottenham to know if that's an insult or not, um, but it feels like an insult. So anyway, Tottenham sure is 1-2 as my overreaction for the, uh, for the weekend. Well, let's move on to American Watch. <laughs> We have a lot of Americans now. We're not going to be able to focus on all of them. We already talked about Pulisic a little bit. Um, I just wanted to highlight a couple things that stood out to me. I obviously watched the Leeds match. Um, Brennan Aronson looked great. I don't know if they've ever given him credit for that goal. They called it an own goal. I saw a lot of Leeds fans upset thinking that Aronson scored it. I don't care. He was a game changer. He looked really good. Uh, the other thing I noticed in the Fulham match, did you want to say something, Andrew, about that? Yeah, what's the rule on own goals? Like, who gets credit for it? If, in basketball, if you tip in a shot, it goes to the last offensive player to touch it. The, the It's called an own goal, and oh. the person who kicked it in, like, it's not really credit. Like, But if you look at the score sheets, it'll put the player's name in red, 
and have in parentheses OG next to it. And so, so it, it doesn't so, count towards their, uh, no, it doesn't count towards Aronson's like goals. Yep. That's good to know. That's knowing he's half the battle on that one. That's right. There we go. I did get to watch some of the Fulham match. And one of the things that stood out to me there is that Tim Ream is the captain. Mm-hmm. He's wearing the captain arms armband uh, for Fulham. Uh, I'm actually not sure still if he's any good because he wasn't good two years ago, but Anthony Robinson looked really good. And all in all, I would say it was a good, good showing by the Americans in the premier league. Chris, anything on your side? Nope. I, uh, I didn't get to see some of those games they were playing in. Uh, but yeah, Pulisic came on, didn't do a, a ton, but he was involved and yeah, don't have a whole lot to add. You nailed it. Let's talk about goals of the week. Andrew, uh, when we were talking pre show, you had a couple that had stood out to you. I did. Um, I had, well, my goal of the week, well, they're both from Tottenham because, I mean, there was five goals in that game. Um, so it's, it, it's very easy to choose one when you have a multiple to choose from. Um, my favorite goal of the week, um, it, not just because of how clean it was and how just well-crafted it was, but because of what happened 30 seconds before it, it happened. Um, what's his name? The South Korean fella, his name is Sun. Son, yep. Young Kim Son, is that his name? Young I don't Min know. Son. Okay. Um, he kicked a corner. He had a corner kick, and the Premier League announcers, forgive my language, were shitting all over him because it was one of the worst corner kicks anybody's ever seen. And even me watching it, I'm like, that wasn't very good. And the Premier League announcers were like, that was the worst. He should be sent down. You know, they were just talking shit about him. 30 seconds later, he delivers a cross to dry Dyer, Dyer, D-I-E-R. Yeah, Dyer. Dyer. And it's the most beautiful pass I've ever seen. And Dyer takes it. He barely hits it with his head and just redirects it slightly and hits the right corner. It was one of the prettiest goals I've seen. It Like, I, how do you even practice it? It was just a well done. It was so, it was uh, at the 30th minute um of the match it was their second goal it was it was very well done uh i was very impressed that was my goal of the week mostly because they spent 30 seconds shitting all over sun and then sun (laughs) makes just a beautiful pass it was it was left right it was great that's great i have two that are contenders for me one's about skill and one's about just like the beauty of a just amazing shot but uh I thought Nunez's goal for Liverpool, the little back heel flick over the keeper. He had actually tried that like 10 minutes prior, even five minutes prior, and it uh, got blocked by the keeper. It was a great save. Uh, So then for him to do it again, I thought was really awesome. Ballsy, and and it paid off. Um, And then the other one was Newcastle. Char for Newcastle with just, we love Rockets. We've talked about that in the past, but he just had a Rocket from way out just always rising we talked about that right always rising into the i don't even, i don't know if it hit top of the net but it was just a thunder bastard i was uh watching a couple of the goals and i can definitively now say that the goal of the week 
was Nunez's. Yeah, that's a that was a beautiful goal. Yeah, it's, it's that was awesome. a good one. Um, can I ask a question again? New, I'm the neophyte. Um, is there a trend now in? I didn't notice it as much in 2014 when I watched the World Cup and 2018 when I watched the World Cup. But there's a lot of guys who are like kind of spiking it into the ground so that it bounces over the goal uh, the goalkeeper's head. That seems to be kind of new ish. Is that something that I'm not just familiar? I saw like five of them this weekend. Yeah, Podence's goal for Wolves was one. Yeah, I think maybe uh, one of the Brighton goals. Yeah, Ward Prowse's for Prowse's was huge. Yeah, yeah. There was a I bunch don't... where they're like they're they're kicking it directly into the ground on purpose. Um, and I I saw a bunch of them and I was impressed by all of them. Is that a is that a new trend as the new guy? I don't know. It, now that you mention it, there were quite a few of them this week, but I don't think I don't I don't know if it's necessarily new. You right. probably won't see it again for like 19 more weeks. Oh, yeah? Well, there was a lot this week, and I yeah. enjoyed all of them. Let's move on to best bet. Chris, give us an update. Yeah. All right. So we'll run down everybody's funds right here real quick. So if you didn't listen last week, everyone gets $100 every week to bet, and they're picking their best bet. If you win, that money goes into your pool. If you lose, you're down 100 bucks. Try and make it back up. So, Nate. You went with Aston Villa at plus 115 over Bournemouth. They lost, so you lost 100 bucks. You're 100 bucks in the hole. Um, Tim went with Liverpool over Fulham. They drew, so that's a loss. And uh, unfortunately for you, Tim, you're now $100 in the hole. Kyle, Kyle kind of was just shooting his shot. You know, he was kind of the ugly kid in eighth grade going up to the hottest girl in school and asking her out because what's the worst she's going to say? No. What's the worst that's going to happen when you bet on Forrest? They're going to lose. And that's what happened. Hold up, hold up. There are are way worse things that a girl just saying no in eighth grade. She could, (laughs) like, then start talking about that, you know, embarrassing you behind your back. That's way worse. That's true. Anyway, go ahead. So, uh, Kyle, Nate, and Tim all in the hole, $100. While Andy and uh, Andrew and I are sitting pretty, we're the only ones in the positive. We're in the green. Because we both took Chelsea over Everton in the boring match of the week. Chelsea won, just like we said they would. So Andrew and I are both up $68.87 right now. It's a big gap right now, but you can make it back up. So So I I wanted to ask clarifying question on this. Yes. Are we we given $100 each week to spend? Yes. yes. So shouldn't you have $168? No, because well, I didn't win. After that. we get our $100 for the next week. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Currently, we're at 68 and you guys are at negative how much, Chris? Uh, they're at negative 100 each. Oh, burn. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, yeah. They just lose their money. Right, yeah. right. So yeah. essentially, the loan shark is saying, look, if you lose this bet, you're going to pay me back. Got if it. you win the bet, you keep your money. Got it. You keep your okay. win. So. All right, looking at next week, Kyle and Tim are both not on here, but of course they sent in some bets. Um, Tim, still learning his way around the wager bill. Uh, he has picked Liverpool again. Very minus 550 favorite over Crystal Palace. Um, if he wins that bet, the $100 bet is going to pay him $18.18. 18. 
Uh, looking at Kyle, I don't know why Kyle's going this far out there, but he's doing it. He's <laughs> taking Manchester United over Brentford at plus 100, meaning $100 bet pays him back $100. So he, he could break even. If Manchester United wins, he'll break even. Now, for myself, I am taking Leeds at plus 210 over Southampton. Uh, it's a plus 210, meaning if Leeds wins that game outright, I will pocket $210. Nate, who'd you go with? Probably against my better judgment, but I liked the odds at home uh, to get a plus odds at home. I went with Wolves over Fulham. I don't think Fulham is is really legit, I guess. And I, I obviously I don't know if Wolves are either, but I'm taking it. So Wolves at plus 130 to hopefully move me into the positive. All right, and that leads you, Andrew. Who is your pick of the week? I'm going to take Arsenal minus 190 over Leicester. Good call. All right, so that minus 190 basically pays you, what, 55-ish dollars? I don't know how gambling works. Is that how it works? It's somewhere in that range. We'll do the math later and we'll figure it out. But All right, that's all I got for best bet, man. Love it. Well, before we jump into uh, the match that Andrew is going to watch this weekend, uh, I just wanted to take a little look and highlight a couple matches that that should be interesting. Uh, obviously, the the season's still shaking out, so we don't know what we're going to get. But I think that Arsenal Leicester one that you just mentioned. Uh, Andrew should be really, really interesting. Obviously, Arsenal with a great win. Uh, Lester let a, let a lead slip away t- today. Uh, but Lester has been a, a really strong top seven contending team. So I think that'll be, that'll be a good one to watch. Um, and then I think Chelsea Spurs, it could be boring, but I think Chelsea Spurs will be, uh, a good one, a good one to watch. So uh, the reason, uh, so I am a huge Tottenham fan so far, and I didn't take them over Chelsea because even though I wanted to, it's minus 450. Uh, Chelsea is just too good on defense, and I don't know enough about Tottenham yet, uh, but I do know enough about Arsenal to know that they can probably cover the one, the minus 190. Love it. And so that actually is your match that you're going to be watching this weekend, right? Yeah, I'm going to watch uh, another Chelsea game, which I'm already regretting because uh, I don't watch two Floyd Mayweather fights in a row. Um, but no, I'm really excited to see what Tottenham can do um, against a much better team. Uh, Tottenham's on the road, right? Yep. Yeah, so that's why I didn't take them. Um, Here's the thing, like Tottenham can't be my favorite team. I can't choose Tottenham at the end. They have the worst kits. Their kits are, they looked awful this week. But they change every week. So just, but they can be a factor. I get it. I guess. I mean, I don't want to root for an ugly uniform, but no, Tottenham looks so good. And uh, I guess I'm eager to see what they can do against a better though aging team. I think Tottenham's going to win, um, but Chelsea is very good defensively. And I'm curious to see if they can actually stifle some of uh, Tottenham's strong offense. Well, we'll give you a little bit of information about, about Spurs 
not about Tottenham. Uh, they're a London-based club, North London, uh, founded in 1882. Uh, they are considered one of the big six clubs. Uh, they have quite a bit of money, of which a lot of it they spent to build their stadium, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, which is a brand new state-of-the-art remarkable stadium from what I understand. So very different from kind of the traditional football grounds, but the, the future of what a massive ground uh, will look like. Um, I know that there are some, you know, kind of traditional uh, football fans who don't love it, but for everything I've heard is you couldn't have, I mean, what they created was the best of what you could create. So uh, when they made the switch, though, there was tons of delays. And so I know, I think it was maybe the 2018-19 season, our first season, Chris, they were playing at um, Wembley. I think they were playing their matches at Wembley because their stadium wasn't finished yet. So, um, but it is finished now and supposed to be just remarkable. Their manager is Antonio Conte. He is a very highly regarded manager uh, when they brought him in it was it was a pretty big deal um he had coached he coached at um juventus he's been the coach of italy's national team he coached at chelsea he coached at inter milan and then came over to uh to tottenham uh so much so that uh there's some speculation that spurs made a move for him so fast because united was wanting to get him that's right chris i'm remembering that correctly Yes, sir. And so he's highly regarded manager and he really has turned, turned the team around Spurs were not looking good uh, at the beginning of last year. And then when they brought Conte in, he seemed to have steadied the ship ship a little bit, Chris, who, who should he be watching out for? Obviously he's, he's watching yeah. already. Uh, yeah. You, you probably already know these names now, Andrew, but um Tottenham has kind of been a traditional two-horse team lately. Um, Sun Hung Min and Harry Kane, they are two of the elite players in the Premier League, and they are ridiculously fun to watch when things are going well for Tottenham. A couple other guys to keep your eye on. I doubt he plays because he's a late transfer, but Rich Arlison is a pretty haughty player, I guess you could say. Like, I, I don't know. There maybe there's a better term for it, but he's kind of a jackass, but he's kind of good. So he kind of gets away with it, but he has terrible haircuts. It, there's a lot going on there. So I doubt he plays again because he's, he's so fresh off the transfer list, but it's possible. Uh, a couple of guys, uh, you already mentioned Eric Dyer. He's a good midfielder. Uh, Harry Winks is a pretty decent player. Uh, Eve Basuma is a good uh, midfielder who came over from um, I think Chris, was it Crystal Palace? No, I think Brighton. Sorry, yeah, Brighton. Um, so they they've got a lot of talent there. They're they're a good squad. Uh, here's what I will say is that they were the super trendy American English Premier League team pick for like 15 years, probably from like. 2004 to 2017 if you were an american picking a a soccer club in the premier league you were picking tottenham because that's what everybody else was doing so maybe that's what your friends meant when they called you like a spursy type fan um 
I don't know. We'll see. But they were a very trendy pick for Americans because um, they're a top six team. They're good. They haven't really won anything, but they're always kind of there. Yeah. Um, I would mention uh, Kulisevsky. He he had a goal and assist in that match. He I think he was a midseason transfer last year. Um, he's a guy to keep your eye on. And then the other guy that they brought in um, on a transfer um, is Ivan Perisic. Um, he's a Croatian guy. Um, honestly, it's the, they're the, the reason I chose Spurs third is I was super impressed with the transfers they made, plus their growth last year with Antonio Conte. I, they are definitely a, a team that's, that's interesting, I think, and I think you're right in, in saying they're a really fun and exciting team to watch. Yeah, no, along those lines, though, again, uh, this, I'm sorry, not the Spurs. Spurs didn't play uh, any of their new guys. Um, Parasic only played 24 minutes. Mora only played four. Basuma only played four. Langlet well, more, only Mora's four. been around for a while. Doherty only played three. All these guys, um, and they were talking about it throughout the match, that they just weren't um, trying their new guys out for several reasons, trying to show them that, uh, you know, the new guys have to earn their spot. Um, who's the manager of the Spurs again? Of, I'm Conte. sorry, of the Spurs again? Conte. Yeah, he's he's old school, and he he's one of those guys who makes the guys have to earn their club. Uh, I do want to say one of the guys who's been on the team, but he's still young, he's French, he's, what is his name, Sessegnon? Yeah. He had a goal and it was, that was one of my, that was in my top five goals. He, it was a beautiful cross by Harry Kane. Uh, Sessegnon just uh, headed it in. It was, it was a beautiful shot. Um, it seemed um, standard, but still pretty. Do you know what I mean? Like it yep. looked like something that a professional should be able to do, but he still did it so well. And it was his first goal, I think in like two years in the premier league or something like that. Um, it was an impressive shot, and he was crying afterwards. He was so happy to score a goal. And well, I don't know if he was crying, but he was seemed pretty emotional. I don't want to slander anybody, um, but he was a very Not slanderous to cry. Uh, if you're a real man, it is. Hey, <laughs> oh, is, is that the path we're taking this podcast on now? <laughs> real men don't cry. If you want except to, except at funerals and and weddings. Um, anyway. Uh, no, it was a, it was a pretty shot and he seems like a young guy. And, uh, they mentioned that he's getting, uh, a, a lot of time because he's on the French national team as part of the, uh, agreement. I don't know. Is it like a gentleman's agreement, but like, Hey, my guy's going to be on your team. I need him to get some time. Is that something that works? I don't know if there is like official agreements, but we kind of mentioned it earlier. It's the reason that wolves are going to be loaning out Connor Cody is it's like, Got it. He's one of the guys. So I don't know how much of an agreement is made between national teams and uh, clubs. I don't, I don't think it's a lot, but I do think that's a part of um, why some players make transfers for sure. The other, the last two things I would say, (laughs) the last two things I'd say about Spurs, uh, there's an all or nothing. If you're familiar with those on Amazon, there's an all or nothing Spurs uh, season from a couple of seasons ago there'll probably only be a handful of, of players. I mean, Harry Kane, uh, Sonny will be there. 
but the manager and a lot of other players have left. But I think it'll give you Daniel Levy, who's the chairman of their board. And up until this transfer window, much maligned by the fan base, they do not like him, but he's made a ton of great moves. And so the Spurs fans I follow seem to be like, is he actually doing good moves? So he, he features in it. So if you want to get a deeper dive, I'd watch all the all or nothings. The current one is Arsenal. They've done Man City. Um, they're they're fascinating to watch. Along but getting back, I'm sorry. Have you watched? Uh, have you seen the previews for We Are Wrexham? The, uh, yeah. the oh yeah show that's coming up about uh, Ryan Reynolds and uh, uh, Rob McElhaney. Rob McElhaney uh, buying yep. the uh, yeah. I'm very excited for that. The last thing I'd say about Spurs is there is a term associated with Spurs that will give you an idea of of the perception, not of their fans, but of the club itself. And it's called some, they use it as like a adverb, I guess, that it's very Spursy or adjective. That's very Spursy where it just seems like no matter how good or how much on the come up they are, they figure out a way to really blow it. And so Phoenix sons of, uh, of, of, of athletic teams. No, it's not. It's not. No, it's different. There's something maybe the, it's maybe more like the Cubs before they won the world series. Like they just couldn't figure out a way to win something. Thank you for not saying Red Sox. I appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. (laughs) So, uh, so I think that that's a term that's like, oh, are the Spurs going to spur this up? Like, how, how are they going to spur this up? Like yeah, they're up definitely. three, they're up three nil, you know, or something. And they'll figure out a way, something Listen, like that. Until 2004, that was my life. I don't know if I should um, like glom onto a team that's going to do it to me again. Well, you'll have to watch the season. Maybe they've turned a corner. Oh, let's hope. Anyway, Spurs City 1-2. That's my hot take still. Love it. Mm-hmm. Chris, any last words? No, nah, man. I think we covered it all and then some. I love it. As always, you can follow us on soccer on Twitter at Soccer Neophytes. We also have a website now. Very fancy. Soccer. There's a really good looking picture of a guy on there. I don't want to say who it is. But there he is, is wearing a sleeveless hoodie. <laughs> he is. You'll see him and you'll love him. So that's soccerneophytes.com. Uh, find us on all of, all of your podcasts. Subscribe, rate, review. We'd appreciate it. Gentlemen, good night. Good night, boys. Good night, fellas.